Hey there listeners, welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who are not quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Brian, I'm on the phone with Ashvin, and today we are talking about Zombie from 1979, also known as Zombie 2, Zombie without the E, directed by Lucio Fulci, written by Liza Briganti, starring Tisa Farrow, Ian McCullough, and Richard Johnson. And in this movie, when an abandoned sailboat is discovered near Staten Island, the boat's owner's daughter and a reporter venture to an exotic island to investigate the cause. Uh, before we get started, I want to thank our newest Patreon supporter, Cooper Seal. Thanks, Cooper. Um, and if you guys want to support us on Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash horrormovieclub or just go to horrormovieclub.com and there's a link to our Patreon there. And Ashmit, after this episode, I think me and Ash are going to talk about maybe getting some more content out there. Yeah, boosting that up. <laughs> more meaning more than two things. <laughs> Which right now, it's just you, right? Uh, one's just me, and then there's one where we talked about underwater. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. free review. That's where that went, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Ashwin, way back in episode like 28 or something, we discussed Fulci's The Beyond. Do you mm-hmm. rem- remember? Vaguely. Uh, that was about like a haunted house or something? Yeah, it was essentially kind of a haunted house, like a gateway to hell situation. Yeah, right, right. I, I remember yeah. that like being very like visually uh, pretty unique. Yeah, yeah, it really was. Um, and this one, similar but different. Yep. Um, yeah. Trademark of this director is uh, extreme gore. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I don't. Do you was was that one also like super gory? Yes. Yeah. It was okay. Yeah, uh, there was a. Uh, a scene do you remember a scene where a guy falls off a ladder and gets attacked by a bunch of tarantulas um i remember the ladder part i don't remember the tarantula part (laughs) (laughs) it's so funny because i just listened back to our episode on that and Uh (laughs) like i was just hearing you talk about how memorable these scenes were and now you don't remember of course (laughs) i know know, man (laughs) i'm telling you after each of these episodes i'm just completely you know brainwashed it's that men in black thing you know yeah (laughs) <laughs> um, did you recognize Tisa Farrow? Uh, no, I didn't. Have, have we seen her before? We haven't, but she looks a lot like her sister Mia Farrow, yeah. star of Rosemary's Baby. Oh, okay. Yeah, they, they, actually, that's a really good point. I, I didn't connect. Uh, well, I, I knew they were related, but yeah, I, I guess you're right. Physical semblance is there. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, um, and, and Mia Farrow is the one that went on to marry that guy, right? Woody Allen? Oh, they were married, weren't they? I think so. Or maybe still are or something? Yeah. Uh, no, I, I think they might have broken up because then I feel like he then married one of the kids they adopted or something. Oh, was, right, right. Something creepy. Yeah. But like, what, what a famous family. Then then I guess Ronan Farrow is also in that family. And he's like, I think he's a big director or something, right? Oh, okay. I don't, I don't know. I don't know about anybody else other than Mia. And I, I know their parents were famous too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it just seems like one of those famous families. And sorry, I yeah. actually, I think he's a journalist. He's not a... Um, oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, as I alluded, this is was released in Italy and I think other European countries as Zombie, Z-O-M-B-I, 2. And in Italy, there's this weird copyright law that allows any film to be marketed as a sequel to another... 
And Dawn of the Dead, George Romero's Dawn of the Dead from 1978, was released in Italy as Zombie. Mm-hmm. And this was released as a sequel to that, Zombie 2, even though it is not. Yeah, that's so weird. So, uh, Dawn of the Dead is a sequel to Night of the Living Dead, right? Yep. Okay. And yeah, then... but in in Italy, that sequel was just released as Zombie, like Got as it. if it was the first movie in a in a series. And then this one, Zombie, was released as Zombie Two. Yeah, that, man, this is this is a hard one to find out. I, I wasn't sure if we were even talking about the same film for a while. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um. So, did uh, Night of the Living Dead just not make it out there? Um, I'm not sure. That's a good question. Okay. Yeah, That's it's it's weird. That, yeah. So so the sequel of that is actually considered the original there, and then uh, yeah, this is and uh, from a plot standpoint, because I I don't remember. Oh yeah, we did watch it on the dead. That was the one at the mall, right? Yeah. Okay. So th- there isn't much like overlap in the story or like any continuity between the two. No, right? there isn't. If anything, this would almost seem like it would be a prequel. Yeah. Right. That's that's really interesting. Yeah, and I read that the script was adapted from an original screenplay by Dardano Sacchetti that was to serve as the sequel to Zombie, like, as written, but then they mm-hmm. changed it and just, yeah, that that stuff must have gotten thrown out the window. Yeah, it's, it seemed like Fulci wasn't uh, thrilled about that when he learned that it, this was going to be, like, called Zombie 2. Yeah, yeah, I don't think he even knew. Yeah. Do you think it added a lot of value to have this like be part of that franchise, maybe from like a marketing perspective, I guess? Yeah, I think it was just a marketing thing. So yeah, no, I don't think it's it's just kind of like a fun fact at this point, a fun yeah. fact of film history. Yeah, and I feel like it works as a standalone film. Like I, I don't see the like looking back now, I don't see like the the benefit of like that being part of the franchise or anything. Yeah. Yeah, and to further complicate things, there's a Zombie 3 that right. is another sequel that is not at all tied storyline-wise. It's just sequel in name only. Yeah. And yeah. then there was a movie called, oh, what was it called? After Death that mm-hmm. was Italian, but some Japanese video distributors called it Zombie 4. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's a tangled web. Yeah, yeah, I know. The franchise that that was never supposed to be. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Um, I, but I, I guess all these zombie movies, like, none of them really uh, play into each other. They, they, they're mostly all, like, kind of serve as, like, like, you never have a character overlap between any of these films, right? Even, like, George A. Romero's world. Yeah, as far as I know, and I've seen almost all of them, but they were spaced out over such long speri- periods of time that... I don't want to say 100%, but I don't think there's any character that carries over. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Um, yeah, I, I think it was, I, I know like 28 Days Later is like one of the few, I, I don't know, even that one no one carries over, right? Boy, I don't think so. Yeah. We need to we need to watch those, do episodes on those. Yeah, we do. I Which makes me think that maybe it's just Zombieland that has like that is a zombie film with like run over characters. Um, yeah. That, that's really yeah, weird. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Huh. Who knows? We'll find yeah. out. Yeah. All right. Um, so this movie is notorious for two pretty uh, extreme and or silly scenes. <laughs> one of which being some extreme eye trauma, which we'll talk about when we walk through the plot. Okay. And the other being a shark fighting a zombie underwater. 
man yeah that was crazy (laughs) (laughs) uh i was reading some backstory into that apparently the director didn't want that there right he it was filmed without his knowledge apparently and and then just like plugged into the film (laughs) i don't know i don't know what he how much involvement he had you gotta think he would have had to have had final say yeah on whether or not it was included right but it seems like a pretty elaborate thing to film without. I was impressed. I was like, how the hell are they doing this? I was wondering that too, yeah. Did you read about it? The zombie was a shark trainer. Right, yeah. But even so, he's like roughing up the shark and it looks like they've got like effects on the shark that make it look like it's being like kind of teared at and bleeding. Yeah, and it was it was like a real shark too, right? Yeah, so, like, I'm hoping they didn't hurt the shark. I, I think they pulled it off with special effects somehow, but... I heard they fed the shark ahead of time, and I, I think this was, like, a tiger shark or something, and, and then they also gave it, like, a tranquilizers or something. Um, oh. So the combination of feeding it and, and the tranquilizers uh, helped. The other thing, uh, which um, I think I read an article on, so, yeah, originally the guy who was supposed to do it was supposed to be a shark trainer, as, as you mentioned, but I think he didn't show up the day of and some other dude had to step in who oh, maybe isn't a shark trainer. Um, but yeah, there's an interesting article out there. I'll, I'll shoot your way. Yeah, but yeah, do that. That's kinda, crazy. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, what, what a wild scene to like throw into this film. Yeah. It's funny, between this being like an older film, a foreign film, and I get the sense that Fulci is kind of like a, a little bit of a closed book in some ways. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a, there's a lot of, like, folklore around some of his movies, but you don't always know, like, what the truth is. Oh, really? You think he's just, like, kind of tight-lipped about it and doesn't like to come out and say stuff? A little bit. I mean, maybe maybe I'm speaking about his life, too. Like, I know we had mentioned this in the Beyond episode, but he had a daughter that he said, like, there are some instances where he said he had a daughter that died in a car accident, and some where he said he had a daughter that became paralyzed in a car accident and some things make you believe he had an estranged daughter. It was all very confusing. I see. Yeah. So he kind of like kept this like shroud of mystery around him. I think, I don't, I don't know. I think it might just be, he didn't talk much about it and the documentation isn't great. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. But I don't know. Maybe there is a uh, Fulci nerd out there who, who knows the real story. There's a documentary on him that came out this year i think but um i don't know I, I saw it got mixed reviews yeah and why uh why are people like crazy about this guy anyway uh just because like did, did it i guess like he brought uh like did he bring like very gory films to italy on the horror side or what's he kind of yeah, known I mean, for the, i think these are just like this uh the house by the cemetery and the beyond um, I think are his three big ones, and then City of the Living Dead, maybe two. Just really gory, cult, classic horror movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know Tarantino like got the Beyond redistributed in the U.S., maybe even in theaters in 1998, yeah, or something like that, okay. or maybe even earlier, earlier in the 90s. But I think that kind of started a resurgence. But yeah, um, I think one thing that could have maybe even helped this movie was that it got put on the video nasty list in the UK. Right. Which I can't remember if we've ever talked about that on this show, but it was basically a list that they made, their government made of 72 films that you could be like prosecuted for distributing. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. So it was things like Cannibal Holocaust, I Spit on Your Grave, and this, not only this, but The House by the Cemetery, another one of his, they were both on that list. Okay. Interesting. So I think it kind of makes them even more like people got to get their hands on it, you know? Yeah. That just seems like a big promotional tool, basically. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, the gore is a big part of it, man. The guy who did the makeup effects, uh, Gianetto De Rossi, is like pretty incredible, man. I mean, this stuff looked good. Yeah, yeah, for like 1979. It was cool. I I like uh, some of this old gore because there's like a little bit more art to it sometimes. And uh, yeah, yeah the, this this guy, uh, who's that really famous guy who was uh, doing like Dawn of the Dead and stuff uh, here? Tom Savini. Yeah. <laughs> would you? I, uh, I, yeah. Would, would you compare their work, uh, like the guy who did this film and Tom Savini? I would, man. I mean, if this guy was working in the U.S. horror movie scene in the '80s, um, and he may have had a little bit of crossover. I saw he was. Um, he did something on the movie High Tension in 2003, which isn't, that wasn't you in the US, but. Yeah. Um, anyway, I think if he was like going at the same time as Savini in the US, it would have been like his name would be as big as Savini's. Oh, sure. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. 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 I, I thought the gore was really well done in this one. Um, and yeah, yeah, I guess uh, this Fulci guy, like people call him like the godfather of gore or something. He's got like yeah. some titles like that. Yeah, for sure. Interesting. Pretty gnarly stuff. Yeah, yeah. And with zombies, I guess you have to be gross. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that really enhances this movie. Yep. It's you're... kind of... Oh, go ahead. Oh, uh, yeah, I was just going to ask you, you're a fan of, of zombie films? I went through a pretty big phase in my 20s where I thought zombie films were all that. I've kind of waned on them a little bit, but um, mm-hmm. this was one of the ones I saw on... I think it was like one of the few Netflix movies that was available for streaming back in like 2007 or something. Oh, okay. And I remember watching it and being like, this is my new favorite zombie movie. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Spo- spoil it for what uh, Brian's review <laughs> later yeah. on. Episode. This is going to be like the Nightmare on Elm Street episode all over again. I know. <laughs> Tensions are building. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I still agree. Well, I won't spoil it. We'll talk more about yeah. it. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, in terms of success, this movie it had a. I translated the dollars into today's U.S. dollars. Um, in today U.S. dollars, it would have been a one point seven million dollar budget and a worldwide box office of thirteen point two million. Yeah, so about like ten so, times, right? Yeah, I mean Wait. it's not a huge box office number, but it's a it's a good profit for sure. Yeah, yeah, pretty good return. Yeah. That's yeah, like seven or eight times. Yep. Uh, yeah. Anything else we want to? Oh, did you notice the dubbing? Uh, yeah. They, like certain characters, uh, the dubbing was off. It wasn't all of them, though, right? What did what, what did you pick up on? So I couldn't find anything specifically about it for this movie, but mm-hmm. I know in Suspiria, and I think this was from what I've read, kind of common in Italian cinema in general, especially at this point in time they would often have actors speak in their own native languages. It would be oh. a cast from a variety of countries. Okay. And they would just say the lines in English if they were from the U.S. or the U.K., and they would say the lines in Italian if they were from Italy. Oh, okay, okay. That makes a lot so, of sense. Yeah, so some characters who were U.S. or... I think everyone's from the U.K. U.S. or U.K. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they were fine. And then the Italian actors 
were dubbed over in English, and that's why uh, some characters matched up and some did not. That makes a lot of sense. Because, yeah, at certain times, I was wondering if this is actually a foreign film, and I'm watching, like, some uh, English version of it. But then it would just be, like, one or two characters that would uh, have that issue. So yeah. that, that that makes a lot of sense. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's very noticeable in Suspiria as well. Okay. In the original? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Huh. That's fascinating. Yeah. Um. One thing I wanted to ask you about, uh, like compared to other zombie movies we've seen, this one plays up the voodoo angle, uh, which is the first time I've seen that uh, used in the context of zombies. Uh, unless have you, seen, have you seen that in any other films? Well, that was what the zombie was before 1968 and Night of the Living Dead. Mm, okay, so yeah. Right, yeah, I saw some like early literature and stuff like used to tie those two together a lot. But it's weird, yeah. like, I feel like that really fell off with the uh, later zombie films. Yeah, I mean, as soon as Night of the Living Dead came out, it was like, all right, this is what zombies are now. But there were mm-hmm. zombie films before that, but they were more of like Haitian voodoo, like right, kind of like a almost mind control type thing or like done through magic. That's crazy. I never realized that. Yeah, and I'm I still I haven't seen any of those films, so I'm just going on on what I've read. But yeah. uh but it, yeah, so this was kind of interesting in that I think the screenwriter even said they were trying to go back a little bit towards like a classic zombie thing but still keep zombies like the modern zombie. Yeah. So the classic zombie is uh you have some dead bodies somewhere and then through voodoo like someone's bringing them back to life um and like animating them. Is is that is that right? Yeah, yeah. I think it's more like a way to revive somebody. Interesting. Whereas, um, like, for, yeah. Again, I feel a little. This is where I get a little nervous because I'm talking out my butt since I've never seen any of these movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I mean that's kind of what I was reading about too, like the early 1900s and stuff, um, and like some of the early books was like zombie and like yeah, Haitian Caribbean islands and things like that. Um, right. Whereas, like, I feel like today's zombie is more kind of like a virus or something that is is easily spread from one person to another. Right. Yeah. Like in this movie, if you were bit by a zombie, that didn't mean you would become a zombie. Right. Right. Though. I mean, it, it did because anyone who died was coming back, but it. Oh. You know. Yeah. Any. It didn't matter how you died, you'd come back. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. That, that's a really interesting uh, background to zombies. I, I never realized that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else on this movie before we hit the Ohio connection and move on to the plot and spoil some things? Slash uh, everything? No. Now let's hear the uh, Ohio connection. Okay. So from our friend Alex, who owns the Jukebox Bar and Tavern in Cleveland, Ohio, you can swing by in your car and get some beer and wine and pierogies uh, safely without getting out of your car. Alex says the Greek actress Olga Karlatos plays the role of Paula, the wife of scientist Dr. Menard, who are both on the Caribbean island of Matul researching the zombie reanimation phenomenon. Uh, Olga's career was dominated by Italian horror cinema, mostly in the late 70s and early 80s. Not an Ohio connection, but thought listeners may find it interesting that in 1982, she married legendary animation director Arthur Rankin, known for creating the popular stop-motion holiday specials Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, (laughs) Frosty the Snowman, and Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Well, cool. Those were horror to me as kids. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, those were pretty freaky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Alex says, before retiring from acting to pursue a law career, Carlados acted in several high-profile American productions, including Once Upon a Time in America and Purple Rain. The screenplay for Purple Rain was written by William Blinn, a native of Toledo, Ohio. Nice. That's the Prince movie, right? I don't know. Is that a Prince movie? I mean, I know that's the title of his album. Uh, I think so, because there is a movie called Purple Rain, and I just assumed it's a, 
about Prince. Um, I don't know. This, this is the part of the show where we sound stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Prince. Uh, <laughs> we also sound stupid for thinking this is the part where we sound stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Out of the whole thing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, TBD. I'll, I'll look that up. But uh, that, that's interesting. I, I didn't realize. Uh, um, so, so she had like some crossover then with the US, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's great. Yeah. Um, all right, man. Anything else? Should we move on to the plot? Spoil some stuff? Let's do it. Yep. All right. Um, you know what, though? My uh, makeshift mic stand here in my closet is kind of falling apart. Do you mind if I call you back? I'm going to see if I can shore this up with some scrap wood or something. Oh, yeah, sure. All right. I'll call you right back. Okay. Okay, man, I'm back. Cool, you got that mic up? Well, the mic stands all well and good, but uh, as I was sawing this wood, man, a shard of wood flew out and went right into my eye. Oh, dude. <laughs> See, it's, it's just in there right now? It's in there, and then like when it happened, it, the shock of it made me fall over backwards onto another shard of wood, and that pierced the back of my head oh, and man. popped out the other eye. <laughs> so you got one eye with some wood in it, and then one eye just completely gone? I can't see it also. Okay. <laughs> Just going off memory. But do you remember in The Beyond, he did the reverse eye trauma? There was a shard of wood that came through the back of someone's head. Oh, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Man, we've seen a lot of eye trauma. We sure have. Yeah. I wish I wish people would stop doing that. That's it's getting kind of <laughs> tough. <laughs> it's pretty gross. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's kind of, uh, it's becoming a thing. Yeah. Uh, okay, so this movie starts with uh, a gun pointed right at the camera, pointed right at you, and we see a person covered in a sheet and wrapped in rope sitting up in bed like Nosferatu, and then they are shot in the head with this gun, and something, it's kind of a gory-like explosion, and something protrudes from the hole that's created in the sheet. <laughs> I didn't know yeah. if that was an eyeball, too, or what. <laughs> I just assume like everything we've seen now are eyeballs. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't understand the uh, mechanics of the gore here, but it was it was still a nice way to start the movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, then the, the man with the gun says, "Tell the crew to ready the boat. We can go now." Could you? Did you get a sense of like what was behind uh, that mask, or the guy who's like who got shot? Like what, what was going on there? I did not know, but we see it later through a, a flashback. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to make sure it wasn't like obvious at this point. Yeah, and actually okay. the guy who, he doesn't say we can go now, I think he says, like, they can go. So he's staying. Oh, okay, right. Um, which we don't know who he is, but it's revealed later. So then we uh, we see the title card, and the next scene is a deserted boat, sailboat, drifting through the harbor off of Staten Island, and two patrolmen board the boat, and it seems deserted, there's, like, stale food everywhere and flies, and a zombie pops out of a closet and attacks one of the cops. It's a pretty good zombie attack. He like the cop is kind of flailing, and some of the zombie's skin comes off in his hand. Yeah. And with a uh, Fulci Gore, they really we talked about this extensively in the Beyond. They zoom and hang. <laughs> All about the zoom and hang. Yeah, right on like the blood and everything coming out. Yeah, like yeah, which I think makes this dude, uh, Gianetto De Rossi, even more impressive like sure it's like they don't shy away 
from the gore. It's not like, hey, get a quick scene and then we got to cut out because it looks too fake. It's like, here it is, like in all its glory. And it's still yeah, looks yeah. Good. Yeah, right. We're going to zoom in on it. We're going to show you like all the details. Yeah, it kind of makes you appreciate it more. Yeah. Um, um, I, I also liked uh, this zombie. Uh, it was a pretty big zombie. Like, I, I don't feel like uh, with the zombies we're used to between The Walking Dead, uh, 28 Days Later, uh, you know, the remakes of Drama of the Dead, you never see like these huge zombies. And this guy that came out in the beginning, he was a pretty big guy, right? Yeah, a couple of them were kind of like hulking. Yeah, right. Which I thought was kind of new for, for zombies for me, at least. Yeah, I really like the look of the zombies in this. Yeah, yeah, me too. I, th- I like that part. I thought they did a good job with them. Yeah, and in contrast to Dawn of the Dead, where a lot of the extra zombies were just like painted gray, like bluish gray. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you didn't really see that here. That no, good. every zombie looked looked really good. Yep, yep, good detail. Um, another thing about the effects here is this. Uh, ever since Midsommar, everyone's got these internet listicles about like sun drenched horror or just horror movies that take place all in the daylight, and this is certainly one of them. Right. Um, so the gore is always really well lit too. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, yeah, it just makes it more jarring, I think. Yeah. Sounds. Yeah. So anyway, this zombie tears out this guy's neck and we get a zoom in on the blood spray. Um, and then he goes up to the deck where the other cop is and that cop shoots him, but never gets a headshot and the zombie falls into the water. And then we kind of, the camera pans up to show the New York skyline. So you assume this zombie is headed for the mainland. Yeah, the um, World Trade Centers are like prominently featured. Yep. Yeah, always weird to see that. Yeah. Um, so then the police get the daughter of the guy who supposedly owns this boat to come on board the boat, answer some questions, and we see that a newspaper has put a reporter on the case on the case and late one night they are both like investigating on their own this boat. Um so they meet the daughter of the boat owner and the reporter and they find a letter that the owner wrote to his daughter it says like i love you and i've got a disease i know i'm not going to get off this island alive so they find out where the island is and they charter a boat to go down there where they they actually they fly there and then they like meet this american couple who's boating and get on their boat like this couple agrees to take them right um, and so the, while they're boating, the woman of the couple is scuba diving topless. I forgot there's a topless woman in the zombie <laughs> shark fight. <laughs> this was <laughs> yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, this, I feel like this scene just like slowly escalates. Like yeah. it starts with like the zoom in on like her being topless and like, uh, yeah, it's, it's just like very seventies, like, uh, like, uh, nudity, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and this couple is like kind of hesitant too because they they give the whole the natives say it's cursed spiel about this island, Matul. Right. Is, um, hey, is that a is that a real island by any chance? I don't think so. Um, okay, but I think they said this takes place in the Antilles, which is I think off the coast of like the Dominican Republic around there. Oh, okay. That's uh, where they like did the film. shoot this near yeah. there in the Dominican. Okay. Um. So yeah, she's scuba diving, a zombie grabs her, but then a shark's also there and the zombie and the shark end up fighting each other in this weird bloody fisticuffs type thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is such some, a... some music grooving the whole time. Yeah, yeah. This this is such a crazy scene, right? Like 
one like there's this uh topless woman uh in a scuba diving gear like going along like that's cool and then and then a shark comes like crazy and then uh yeah you throw in a zombie into the mix and it's just like i, I couldn't believe it man this is wild yeah and i mean this scene kind of serves only as a weird little like oddity there's right. no real like tension or anything yep <laughs> it's just kind of a display of here's this wacky scene for you yeah, it really doesn't tie to the plot at all. No, no it doesn't. Uh, and, and, and I, I think going back to like uh, what we were talking about earlier, where this was like directed by someone else and like inserted into the film, I, I think you can definitely sense that, right? Because it is so isolated as a as a part. Yeah, and that might have to do. That might um, be the reason there's no tension. Because I will say, in every other scene where there's a zombie, it's pretty tense. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, and and this one is like more kind of casual, like having fun, and and like the music. Yeah, it's it's, it's just kind of cool. <laughs> what did you think of the music? Uh, th- in the was movie this in general? I I liked it, man. But I thought it was mostly like I heard like two uh, parts. Like one was this cool kind of synthy, uh, dancey kind of music, which I really liked, and then the other was just like this uh, like uh, Caribbean kind of beat, right? Yeah, yeah. Basically, there was more to it than that. I listened to the soundtrack today and. There was a lot that I realized, like, oh, this the music was playing a lot that I didn't notice. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, the, the composer is actually like it, it sounds like he's pretty famous, like Fabio Frizzi or something. Yeah, Fabio Frizzi. Frizzi, okay, yeah. He's, he scored the Beyond too, which uh, we talked about that score a lot because it had like a jazzy slap bass and uh, it was just kind of <laughs> wacky for a horror movie. Oh, <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, even uh, the score to this isn't quite what you'd expect, but I like it even more for that reason. Yeah, yeah, right. It kind of pulls you out of the context a little bit. It's it's yeah. cool. Um, so our main characters, I guess, this reporter and the daughter, they're on the boat with this couple. They're also toggling to the doctor on this island who's kind of investigating this whole zombie thing. And she's pissed at him that they're even there. They're kind of in their house arguing and they say like they found another one it's on the other side of the island and this threw me off because the wife is very accusatory of the doctor and she's like i know what you're doing like you're the crazy one yeah so i was like oh is he like a mad scientist or something but no he has no he has nothing to do with the cause of this oh really i know i kind of yeah that that scene kind of set it up and I, i thought throughout the rest of the movie too like he's like some a uh, terrible person and like because you, you get the uh, feeling that he's like holding his wife there hostage somehow and like not like helping her get off the island um yeah so unless it, i totally missed that yeah I, I guess i hear it's like kind of vague and i'm just going by like this scene which this is like a pretty elaborate scene where like introducing the wife and the doctor and like that whole like uh long like argument they had there this, this is the movie's like core mistake to me that it toggles back and forth between these two groups of people Mm -hmm. like doesn't really know who to focus on and like yeah all that ever happens with the doctor we just like keep cutting back to the doctor and he's always having a discussion with like a local or his assistant or his wife like yeah it's superstitions i don't believe in voodoo and right i've got to find out what this is and nothing ever happens it's just like the same conversation over and over again pretty unnecessary yeah i think you're right uh actually that would have been a lot cooler if they just you didn't see the doctor until these guys got to the island and then you're kind of sticking with one narrative the whole time that yeah Yeah. probably would have been a lot better actually yeah because the narratives combined and i'm i'm fine going back and forth but the doctor was just like so 
unnecessary for the most part. It, it almost yeah. stripped everybody from, robbed everyone from having a real arc. Yeah, yeah, right, right. And, and the Doctor's storyline is, like, pretty boring. But, yeah, I, yeah for me, like, that, that scene, like, it kind of paved the way that the Doctor is, on, is like, has something to do with this. Or, like, it, these are his experiments. Kind of like a Island of Dr. Moreau vibe. Um, yeah, yeah, that's what I th- where I thought we were going to go because it, it had been so long since I saw this, I couldn't remember. Right. But uh, you're 100% sure, and I, I guess we'll talk about this later, but you, you really don't think he had anything to do with uh, all this stuff? I don't think so, and I did not look at the w- Wikipedia plot description. I know sometimes someone will throw something in there that's like, what? I did not catch that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but, no, I, I think you're right. I, I think they tried to set it up like he had something to do with it, but they probably just fo- forgot to like, follow up that idea. Yeah. And we see him like presiding over this hospital that's full of people like moaning and diseased and bodies wrapped in these sheets and the ropes. Right. Uh, we see them like shooting those those bodies in the head and burying them in mass graves. And then somewhere in this, we cut back to his house where his wife is now alone. And we see a zombie stalking from outside the house, looking in on her as she showers. Um, this movie really went out of its way to show boobs a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, and so the zombie's stalking her in the house. She shuts the door to her bedroom and it breaks through the door, creating these wood shards. And then it reaches through the hole in the door, grabs her head and slowly pulls it towards this shard. We see her eye inch closer and closer to the sharp piece of wood. And it's pretty seamless from like yeah. the cuts where you're like, okay, that's a human being. And not a prosthetic, and then like her eye just goes through that wood, and it looks real. Yeah, I thought it was flawless. I thought it did a great job on that. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I don't, I don't think you could shoot that scene any better. Yeah, I also like uh, it gave the zombies a little more personality. I, I feel like I'm used to zombies who uh, just want to come and like eat you, but here you have a zombie who's like purposefully like gouging someone's eye out with with a piece of wood unnecessarily, which is kind of kind of gives them like an even more like sinister. Um, angle. Yeah, that's interesting. I never thought about whether that was intentional or if it was just like, come here so I, I can that... eat you and there happens to be some wood here. <laughs> Let me aim it right at your eye. I don't know. Yeah, it could, it could have just been a coincidence that <laughs> there was some wood in the way and it got in her eye. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that, that was really done on, on the gore. Um, people talk up the music that was playing here. Did, did it jump out to you? It didn't. I And I was wondering why and now i'm like because someone's eye just got stabbed with a (laughs) shard of wood i wasn't paying attention to music yeah and i actually you know after i read that i went back and i I watched it again i i don't know maybe just like the five seconds or like a minute i watched it didn't maybe that didn't have the music but i'm wondering if maybe in in uh later edits that music's come out it's supposed to be something that's very similar to like a Beatles song or something yeah i couldn't now i can't remember what Beatles song if it was like a day in the life or something yeah yeah i forget too yeah um, but yeah, it didn't stand out. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe it's just because you're so focused on the attack and the gore. Yeah. I, I really um, liked, I, I liked how, uh, she looked in the mirror and saw that zombie behind her. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. All the zombie scenes are, are, they're nice and tense. It's, these are scarier zombies in my opinion than a lot of zombie movies. Uh, yeah, I agree. Especially for that time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the gang gets to the island. They, their boat is like ruined but they fire a flare and somebody goes out to get them they meet up with the doctor and they tell him who they are and he's like okay like i knew your dad and we get a flashback revealing that that opening scene where he's shooting the body wrapped in sheets was her dad like 
he was an associate of his. He got sick. And before he died, he was like, you have to like make sure I rest in peace. Right. Uh, and it was actually a little bit touching there. Which oh. was like the di- like it was kind of emotional for this movie. Yeah, with like the flashback. Yeah, where he's like has to kill his friend essentially. Yeah, and like can't save him. But yeah, again, still it's, it was kind of a half-ass attempt at a character arc, maybe <laughs> at humanizing the doctor and maybe showing some depth to him. Yeah, yeah. And I will say, compared to the Beyond, the narrative in this is way more cohesive. Yeah. Right. It's a little boring, but it's it makes sense. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, that's how I felt about the Beyond. It, it was just kind of like all over the place. Yeah, I mean... a little more straightforward. From what I've seen of Italian horror, there are definitely some movies where it's like the plot is an afterthought. Yeah, yeah. This. Yeah, you're right. This one didn't feel so much, so... Yeah. Pretty con- concise, cohesive um, story. So after he relays this whole flashback to them, he's like, Hey, by the way, my wife's alone at the house. Can you guys go check on her? They go to the house and stumble upon this gory scene where this all these zombies are just feasting on her body. Uh, very gory, kind of creepy, great effects. They're driving back, trying to get to the hospital, and there's a zombie in the middle of the road. They veer off the road. The reporter hurts his ankle, and now they have to walk back to the hospital. They stop to rest and realize they're at like a conquistador graveyard. And the reporter and daughter start making out another thing where it's like oh there's a romance here but they never took the time to focus on it oh man i totally missed that scene they started making out yeah and then a hand emerges from the ground right like next to them and grabs her hair oh yeah i remember that hand grabbing her hair i yeah, yeah. that's that's crazy i, I never uh, I, I totally missed that they even because uh, they're kind of building that romance in a way throughout i, I mean not really building it but just suggesting well, it in a way yeah, in the first scene when they're on the they meet on the boat, they're not supposed to be there and a patrolman comes to check to see what's going on and they pretend they're just a couple like finding a place to make out. Yeah. And it kind of so, like sets it up that like these two are like together for the rest of the movie or something. Right. So that sets it up and then there's nothing else about it until this scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's not like pillow talk or anything. They were too busy cutting back to the doctor every 5 minutes being like voodoo isn't real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to remind us. <laughs> yeah. Um and so then the zombie, another hand emerges and like grabs the guy's wounded ankle and then a head emerges from the ground and it's got like all these maggots in its eye holes. Um, and it is this bites. the one, oh, is this the one from the cover? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. It looks great, man. Yeah, I know. Actually, yeah, you know, I think you're right. These are like some of the best zombies uh, I've seen on film. Pretty yeah. awesome looking. So it attacks the woman who was scuba diving topless earlier, bites her in the neck. Um, so th- yeah, the three of them, like the scuba diver's husband, he's like mourning over her body, but they're like, we got to get out of here. And so the three of them flee back to the hospital, meet up with the doctor and his crew, and they like board themselves up in this hospital. This reminds me of Thriller in a way, like not every zombie movie does this. Some do where like people are emerging from the grave, like graveyards. Yeah. And they're not just like, there's so many zombie movies are just full of, it's like an apocalyptic thing. So the zombies died like yesterday Mm -hmm. and they still aren't, they're not completely decayed. And that's part of what I think makes these zombies more scary. Sure. Yeah, uh, I definitely got thriller vibes watching this, and even like some of the ways like they walk and like they shuffle, uh, it reminded me. And it, I don't know if it was also the music too. 
uh but it, it gave it gave me a early 80s like thriller vibe yeah yeah for sure um so yeah they board themselves up they start throwing like molotov cocktails and the doctor like tries to give an origin story about how all this started but essentially it's meaningless they just nobody <laughs> knows why these things are rising from the dead yeah um it's just one last chance for him to be like i don't believe in voodoo <laughs> and um so yeah there's basically the zombies get in it's just a great zombie siege scene um it's taking people down one by one it kills the doctor his two assistants and we're left with these three people like the dude who took them on the boat over and the reporter and the daughter Mm -hmm. and they're nearly burning the place down it's falling apart so they flee out the back and brian who's the guy who brought them over he encounters his lover the topless scuba diver outside and like he just stops dead in his track but she's zombie she bites him he's dead the two of them eventually make it to the boat actually you know what he's not dead they bring him on the boat right and he dies he doesn't die they lock him in a room so that they have proof when they get back and people believe what happened here right but then they tune into the radio and they find out that new york city has been overrun with zombies and it ends with a scene of zombies shuffling across the Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah. And a radio DJ, like, talking about it, like, speaking the news. And he's like, I've been informed zombies have entered the building. And the last sound is him <laughs> screaming. Yeah. <laughs> Which was kind of a yeah. weird way to end this movie. Uh, yeah. Wait, the DJ, or you mean, like, the scene of them in New York? I guess both. Yeah. Like, I guess it's cool to show, like, okay, this is this is now at at like in the u.s and on like mainland right but uh it was weird to just not end with the two of them like there was a scene with the two of them kind of looking at each other as they heard the radio i just i kind of wish it would have ended with them yeah that would have been really cool actually just like them kind of being hopeless and realizing that like yeah the the world's kind of fallen yeah yeah that would have been pretty neat that would have kept it like yeah i would have liked that too and again, I just like, I feel like, I think part of the reason it annoyed me too was just because throughout the movie, I was just like, there really needs to be more focus on these two people. Like, yeah, they're our main characters and they're not getting enough screen time. Yeah. And I think that's one thing we've highlighted with zombie films is like, you really need to have like a strong set of characters that like you're vested in. And uh, yeah, this one between like splitting time between uh, the one group of characters and another group, I-, I guess you never really got like too tied into them or got to know them very well. Yeah, and the groups were small enough that you could have done it. I mean, this was right. an hour and a half, a little more maybe, so it was a tight movie, but it yeah. could have been done. They just kind of wasted some of the doctor's time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then wasted the other group's time on that shark scene, which yeah, it wasn't a waste, <laughs> but I mean, uh, yeah, that could have been time-building character too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's probably a large part of why this movie has become so famous. Sure, yeah, right, kind of iconic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No. I. I, I think that's a, that's a really good critique of it. Yeah. So, what do you think, man? It sounds like you were down on this movie when we started. And now you sound a little more up on it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm down on zombies in general. I mean, they're, they're not really my favorite thing, just because they're they're kind of dumb. But I like uh, the the visuals on this one. Like to your point, the zombies were like some of the coolest looking ones, and the fact that they like took the time to make each one look different, and uh, a lot of them like had eyes missing and replaced by other things. Um, and just like decaying, I, I really like the zombies on it. 
but then yeah the story just kind of felt all over the place and I think that is like that split narrative and then also like part of it's in New York and then you're on this island and then you end again in New York for like a minute it just kind of felt like the plot never really uh, picked up and like stayed uh, in like one momentum uh, or or direction Did, did you get that feeling at all? Yeah, yeah. the The plot is just extremely not intriguing. Like even yeah. the story, the premise itself is. I guess the premise is nice. Like, okay, there's like a deserted boat shows up on New York. It came from this random Haitian, like it's not even Haitian, yeah. but this island, and they go there to check it out, and people are rising from the dead. Like, all right, yeah. I'm intrigued, but that, yeah, that's, that's really it. Cool. <laughs> like, that's the whole <laughs> plot. Like, yeah. I feel and, and stupid I that I even walked through the whole thing because really it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, I know. And and then there's like a, a random scene too where they're doing an autopsy in New York City. Um, and it's it's like, I don't know, it's like a five minute scene, but like that doesn't really lead to anything. So uh, yeah, I, I think the film like never knows kind of where it's supposed to be focused. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe had there been a sequel that, or like a giant ending scene that was just like in New York City, if they had made it back to New York City and had to do something. But yeah. It would have made more sense. Yeah, I guess a couple of times it was kind of hinting at places where it could have gone, like the doctor actually being the cause of this, but Mm -hmm. yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, like they planted some ideas, but then they never really kind of tied them out together or or made something of them. Yeah, so there was, I think, um, especially the second act was really slow because just Mm -hmm. nothing nothing progressed, you know? It, It started with bodies rising on this island and coming back as zombies, and that's how it ended. It's just... Yeah. Eventually it got to be, you know, they were overwhelmed. Yeah. What, what did you think? Because uh, watching that scene where they're stuck in the hospital and they're being surrounded by the, this horde that's coming in at them, it kind of, uh, I think we've talked about in another episode where y- you think like the scariest thing of zombies is how they just kind of group in these big hordes and they slowly come up on you and that like inevitableness. Um, do you feel like that they captured that pretty well? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I'm always of the opinion, like, just run, like, out in the open. But I think that's maybe a scary thing about it, too, is that, like, you make a stupid mistake and all of a sudden you're pinned and, like, there's no good way out. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, and I I think we've gone uh, back and forth about, like, what's scary, like, a zombie that runs or is slow. And I I think you're on the side of, like, a slower zombie, right? Yeah, yeah. I think due to the fact that it's just what creeps me out is the inevitability that like sooner yeah. or later you're going to make a wrong move or, or go to a place where you don't realize you're cornered or, you know. Yep. And the slow thing's going to get, get you right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I felt that watching this one, I, I thought that was like kind of like one of the f- few times like I've actually felt that like, Oh, they're, they're really slow and stuff, but like there's this thing that you're trapped and like they can come at you at any angle if you're not paying attention basically. Yeah. So that was cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, I, despite the plot being pretty slow and, and not at all intriguing, I really like this movie. Like, yeah, I feel like at its worst, it's like a competent container for these extreme outlandish classic scenes. Yeah. And then like at its best, it's like a good, scary zombie movie. Interesting. Yeah. Despite like the, the lack of like character, emotional, uh, depth, and and story arcs and and like being so scattered yeah i mean that is a huge that's definitely a a mark against it for sure yeah but um i think between how cool the zombies look and how legit scary they are and how great the effects are that it's one of those movies where some of its uh 
assets really outshine its flaws for me. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. I, it, it, yeah, I mean, uh, I agree with you, but I would almost like say at its best, it's like a series of short films that like are really cool, like that attack scene at the house, the the shark scene, uh, that attack scene at the end in the hospital. Like they're like these uh, certain scenes which like just work really well on their own. Uh, and then I, yeah, I think I just fall off in terms of like how it's all tied together. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And the stakes, I mean, even though it's scary, uh, and those scenes function well, the stakes aren't as high because it's not a character we feel like we know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. It's never like, no, not the doctor. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know, I know. That's, that's disappointing. And then, uh, yeah, I, I, I feel like you, they, they kept throwing in other names of characters, too, that we're supposed to know, like the doctor's friends or people on the island. And I, I just, I can never tell who they were talking about at any point. There were a couple times like that where it's like, oh, he died and it's like who (laughs) yeah (laughs) who was that (laughs) yeah exactly um did you care for the fact that like i I don't know i I thought it was really interesting how they open up with like this mysterious scene of the guy the doctor killing someone then later you find out there was the dad like did they have to do that no but i think it worked really well actually like I, i thought that was a nice hook to grip you just like seeing you see gore right away and you see I think it's creepy when a like shrouded body slowly rises up like Nosferatu style. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and it started with a gun like right at the camera, so it was like a the movie telling you what it was. Yeah, I guess. I th- I think I would have preferred uh, opening on that like empty boat in the harbor. It almost felt like there were two hooks at the beginning of this film. There was the gun and, and a, a zombie being shot. I guess, which you don't really know it's a zombie at that point. And then the the deserted boat, which uh, a zombie pops out from, which I think would have made for like a great standalone uh, opening. Yeah, maybe you're right. I mean, that, and that's I guess another example of this doctor's storyline just clogging up the works, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I almost think like they could edit like what's there right now and like make a really sharper, like a much sharper movie. Like, yeah, get rid of that second narrative and stuff. Yeah, I think so. And I think even if with just the footage that they had, they could have made the Doctor's story more intriguing if they had less clutter yeah, uh, in yeah. it. You know, just have it be that opening scene and the flashback scene and right. maybe finding out that his wife had died. Like, Yeah. And then it feels more like an arc. Right, yeah, yeah. That would have been pretty cool, actually. Interesting. Agreed. All right, man, well... Uh, Anything else review-wise, like, didn't like? We both dug the score, it sounds like. Yeah, both like the music. Um, and, like, did you pick up on, like, Signature? Like, yeah, obviously the gore, it sounds like we both liked. Did you pick up on, like, Signature, like, Fulci-type shots or anything? I didn't, even though, um, and I didn't write down the dude's name, I don't think, but it, it's the uh, same cinematographer that did The Beyond. He, he clearly has a crew of people he kind of works with from... Sure. From, at least oh, a, yeah. on a handful of movies. Yeah. Um... I didn't pick up on too many other like Fulciisms aside from the eye trauma, the extreme gore. Yeah, same here. I think it was, the gore was like a signature. Play. A little bit of the unexplained. Like he didn't feel the need to explain how or why things were happening. Yeah, yeah. In any of the movies that I saw really from him. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And I, I feel like he sometimes like, uh, at least in this film, and I'm guessing in the Beyond too, uh, some scenes just like he kind of just takes some time on even if it's not like really a... Uh, like a really important scene or like great dialogue or anything yeah 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 and i mean they're all three the same and 
the three that I've seen, uh, this to be on in the house by the cemetery, the plot, the plot here is the most cohesive, but it's even in all of them, it's like the least important part of the movie. Yeah. 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 Plot comes second. And they all have some great extreme gore and like legit scariness. Like I think he gets what's scary. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That seems to be what he's good at. Yeah. Uh, all right, man. Well, uh, zero to five eyeballs. What do you give this? Oh man, yeah, it's it's, it's such a hard one, you know, because uh, uh, I, I agree with like everything you said. Great gore, great music, great uh, production. But yeah, the character stuff kind of sucks, and and I think that is pretty important in a zombie film. So I think I'd have to go with like two and a half eyeballs. All right. What about you? I'm gonna go with four. Oh man. All right. I think the strengths overshadow the weaknesses, and it's just like kind of a popcorn movie and i it's another movie where i'd seen it before and i knew what to expect going in so yeah i wasn't i wasn't disappointed i that, that's surprising man i feel like you're giving a uh you're overlooking like one of the biggest flaws that you need to have like in a, a zombie film to be like uh effective is, is like knowing the characters and being bought into them i know and it's often a complaint of mine i'm almost between a three and a half or a four but i still okay. give it a four and i think this is this was a movie that happened in the period of my life where I like decided like I'm going to pursue my own interests in life. <laughs> like just got out of a relationship and I was like, I like yeah. horror movies and I was digging through stuff at this point in time and discovered sure. this and really yeah. dug it and it was just, yeah. So That's awesome, there's man. probably some nostalgia in there for me. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I'm glad, glad to hear that this movie like, yeah, was it served as like something powerful? Yeah. Yeah. I, I knew my life was forever changed with that zombie shark scene. <laughs> yeah, that is that is like one of the best scenes I've seen this year so far. So I, <laughs> it's hard, hard to knock that one. Yeah. Uh, okay, man. Anything else? No, I'm good. Cool. Well, that is all for our discussion on zombie, aka zombie two. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please feel free to leave us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find our show. We really enjoy it. Uh, as we mentioned, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash horrormovieclub. You can support us financially there. Uh, horrormovieclub.com is our website. We have a few articles or written reviews on there, and we also have our social links to Facebook and Twitter where you can find out what movie we're doing next week, and a link to our Discord server where we're chatting with a bunch of cool people, listeners, friends, movie fans, so come hang out with us there. Our logo is done by Amy Mae Popart, so check her out on Etsy.com by searching Amy Mae Popart, all one word. And until next time, if you're scuba diving and you see a shark that looks like it's been in a fist fight, be careful, because there just <laughs> might be a zombie nearby. <laughs>